If I was a flower growing wild and free, all I'd want is you to be my sweet honeybee. And if I was a tree growing tall and green, all I'd want is you to shade me and be my leaves. I love our impression of the harmonica. That was grand. We are musical impresarios. Please. I, I, absolutely. Anytime you want. <laughs> kicking and streaming where women are trusted friends please put your hands where i can see them and surrender any bombs i'm carrie i'm ross and this week we are talking about the 2007 teenage comedy juno y- you can call it a classic it is it's a classic. okay you can call it a classic you know we were just having this conversation off mic but there is not a movie like this that exists elsewhere it's very very unique if i if it exists i haven't seen it i'm very glad to be talking about it it's just the everything about this film it's like trying to describe a color without using the name of the color yeah you can't do it exactly before we get started don't forget you can follow us on facebook and twitter at kick and stream k-i-c-k-n S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show, make suggestions, ask questions at the email kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And guys, please go leave us a review on one of our platforms. Go. It's been great. We've been getting a lot of nice reviews. We'd love to see more. We'd love to see some constructive criticism, too. Go and do it. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you... Rip us apart. <laughs> Say, like, this isn't good. This isn't good. And we will step it up. Please <laughs> leave us a review. <laughs> All right. Cue the indie music. Yo, yo, yiggity, yo. I'm pregnant. What? On this block? I've taken, like, three pregnancy tests, and I am for shiz up the spot. How did you even generate enough pee for three pregnancy tests? I'm telling you I'm pregnant, and you're acting shockingly cavalier. Is this for real? Yes. Forget Tyler. That ain't no edge sketch This is one doodle that can't be undid, Holmes Gillett. I think it's best to just tell him I'm pregnant. Who is the father? <laughs> Pauline Bleeker? I didn't think he had it in him. I know, right? <laughs> wow, your shorts are, like, especially gold today. Uh, my mom uses color-safe bleach. Go, Carol. You should look at adoption ads. They have ads for parents. Yeah. Hi, I'm Vanessa. You must be Juno. Hi, I'm the husband. With a couple of baby-starved wingnuts. Dude, that thing is freaky looking. I am a sacred vessel. All you've got in your stomach is Taco Bell. I think you're really gonna do this? Yeah, but I'm guessing it looks probably like a sea monkey right now. We should let it get a little cuter, yes. right? Great. Keep it in the oven. When this is all over, we should get back together. He's still gonna think I'm cute when I'm huge. I think you're beautiful. Did you by any chance barf in my urn? I would never barf in your urn. <laughs> Did you see that coming when she sat us down here? Yeah, but I was hoping she was expelled or into hard drugs. You're like the coolest person I've ever met, and you don't even have to try. I try really hard, actually. You love him. Hey, you know, you could go into early labor sucking face like that. 
Very, very excited to be talking about this movie. We have loved it since its release 13 years ago. I know. It makes me want to puke. Oh, my God. Juno's baby's 13. Oh, my God. Guys, we're recording this on May 4th. It's Juno's baby's birthday. Yeah. So happy 13th birthday. Happy 13th birthday, whatever Jennifer Garner named the kid. Yeah. <laughs> I have been wanting to talk about this since we started this podcast. Yes. It, I mean, it, it, it bears discussion. I, I just, you know, when I think about famous movies from when I was a teenager. You don't think of Jason Reitman, do you? I sure don't. <laughs> but I, But I do think of Juno. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's going to be one of those movies, man, like The Breakfast Club or or like 16 Candles that we always come back to. Juno was like one of those movies that I'm not going to say copycat, but like didn't like several other un unplanned pregnancy films come out around the same time, um, like I... Knocked Up and. Oh, yeah. And the, Secret, the, the Secret Life of American Te of an American Teenager and was like, on TV. Oh, let's say some nice things about Diablo Cody. OK, so Diablo Cody wrote this uh memoir right it's called <laughs> is it a memoir yeah it's called candy girl a year in the life of an unlikely stripper oh really yeah and it's about her own experience and after reading this book she was approached to write a screenplay mm -hmm. and this was the screenplay he apparently liked her book so much and the way it was written that he wanted her voice to when i say he i actually don't know who he is i think it's jason reitman but they really liked the way her voice would translate to a screenplay apparently so and this is what she turned into them. Well, I mean, honestly, like like we were talking about earlier, how do you not use the word Juno to describe the dialogue in this movie? Yeah. There's so many nonsense words, so many things that... That's what I love about it, because it sounds like stuff we would say. Exactly. I think that's why it speaks to people my age, literally. This screenplay won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, and nobody thought that was going to happen. <laughs> And I'm so glad that it did. I know. Like, because it honestly deserves it. There is not a single line of this movie that's not quotable. I know. And you know how we like to communicate solely in quotes. And that's where I'm going to state again. Look at me in the eyes. We're not quoting this movie back and forth for two hours. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> We're going to try and stay on the right track here. <laughs> okay. Guys, we have names. Some favorite names. We have Canadian lesbian Ellen Page. God bless Ellen Page. I love Ellen Page. I am so glad that she gets to be Canadian. <laughs> because. As opposed to American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm so happy about that for her. <laughs> um, we got, yeah, so we got Ellen Page. We have Michael Sarah. <laughs> Michael Sarah. Which, I mean. Can you honestly picture Polly Bleeker being anyone else? <laughs> no, I honestly cannot. But you. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> You're fired. We've got Jennifer Garner. Yes. And I, I just every time Jennifer Garner makes a kicking and streaming appearance, I just have to say it. What? I'm very glad she's divorced from Ben Affleck. <laughs> she's never far from your thoughts. Nobody deserves that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, We have Jason Bateman. I love Jason A Bateman. great Arrested Development <laughs> connection here. They are both in Arrested Development, him and Michael Sarah, but they have no screen time together. Yeah, they have no screen time That's together in this so movie. weird. Guys, we've got Allison Janney. You love Allison Janney. Allison Janney is just, you know how I say Meryl Streep's our Betty Davis. Yes. I'm trying to think of who Allison Janney is. Eve Arden. 
You think so? Like, she's a lady, but she's brass balls. Okay. Like, she's not going to take it from the men around her. Like... I have never seen a single thing that had Eve Arden in it where she suffered the men in her presence. <laughs> she's just like, I'm way smarter than you, and you just have to know that. That's <laughs> Allison Janney. What have we... Have, what have we done with Allison Janney? Have we done anything with Allison Janney? Or am I just wrong about that? I think you're wrong. I think I tried to do the... Does Stanley have a mustache? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I went through this earlier. I was also trying to think. Have we done a project with Allison Janney? I don't it? think so. I think this might be Allison Janney's first kicking and streaming appearance. Welcome, Allison Janney, Allison Janney, everyone. Academy Award winner, Allison Janney. We also, we've also got Jonathan Campbell Simmons. I'm sorry. We've also got <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Yes. Which, I mean, I know J.K. Simmons from commercials. <laughs> And you I also know him from Spider-Man. I know he was in Oz. <laughs> and he also did stints on Law and Order. Bring me pictures of Spider-Man. I know I like him in this, so... <laughs> also, this soundtrack... Oh my god. This soundtrack, Kimya Dawson, is the perfect backdrop voice for this story. I, I, the, the, the music and the setting mesh together. It just goes towards the film's unique, campy feel. I think it's woven into the fabric of this entire universe. Apparently, director really wanted to get acoustic guitar oh, yeah. into the story because <laughs> like I want it to sound like Juno. Absolutely. And I think it absolutely does. All right. Shall we dive into this puppy? Oh, I can't wait. Let's do it. The movie begins... Autumn. <laughs> Says the title card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the movie begins with Juno standing on, is it her lawn? I feel like she's standing in the middle of a park. I couldn't actually tell you. It looks she, like she's standing in the middle of a park with that chair. I thought she was standing on someone's front lawn. She's eyeing this lazy boy that she recently lost her virginity on. Yeah, she's just staring at it with a jug of Sunny D in her hand. This is one of my favorite opening lines in all of film. It started with a chair. Wow. When she says it started with a chair and we cut to the basement Ugh. and we see the chair in the basement, I literally wrote, is this, is it 1974 <laughs> in this basement? <laughs> looks like someone. All of the orange and brown and like. As they say in beauty shop, looks like someone swallowed the 70s and threw it up in here. Is this what Minnesota looks like in every home? No, I think that, I think in some parts of Minnesota, some people just stopped progressing past the 80s. So we see the 16 year old take down her panties, right? Oh. And naked Michael Sarah is sitting in the chair. <laughs> Stop. Why did you bring that image back to my head? And she mounts him. Aww. And he gets in her ear and he's like, I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. Stop barfing. This is a tender moment. I can't. No. I was like, I, I literally wrote, this is a weird conception if there ever was one. <laughs> in a lazy boy. Like, this is an immaculate. This is just weird. <laughs> Oh my god. She gets snapped back out of this memory. Jeez, banana, shut your friggin' gob, okay? We used to say that to each other in middle school. Yeah. All the time. Shut your freaking god. Like on the on the bus when people were being loud and rowdy. <laughs> me and my friend Kenzie, who was this goth girl who protected me. <laughs> Her and Tina, the two goth girls who protected me. How have you never told me about your goth girl bodyguards? Because, like, after sixth grade, we fell off, and I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> but, like, we would, because we would bond over our love of Juno. We would yell at loud kids and be like, 
Shut your freaking gob. Jeez. <laughs> I love it. This credit sequence. Oh, it's great. It's stellar. Well, the company that did this. Shadowplay. Yeah, they still get asked about this today. Do they really? Yeah, because this, I'm sorry. I hate that I, I hate that I use this word so much. It's iconic. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have some rotoscope hand animated frames of Ellen Page. I think she's walking on a treadmill. And they, is, is that how they do it? Yeah, and they just edited it out and she she's just walking around town set to this awesome little tune nice i love it all i want is you will you be my bride take me by the hand and stand by my side all i want is you will you stay with me hold me in your arms and sway me like the sea It's, it's Barry Louis Polisar. I love it. So at the end of this sequence, she finally downs the last of this Sunny D jug. Like it's a gallon jug she's been <laughs> carrying around town with her. And she makes it into the drugstore. And guys, Dwight Shrew is behind the counter. <laughs> Rain Wilson's Rain, here. I, I literally wrote Rain Wilson. Why? <laughs> but you know, he was hot. At the time. <laughs> he was. The office had been on for two years and it was starting to get good. This is where the cracking dialogue starts. He is gross and weird. He is. Well, well, if it isn't McGuff the crime dog, back for another test? I think the first one was defective. The plus sign looks more like a division symbol, so I remain unconvinced. Third test today, Mama Bear. Your ego is prego. No doubt about it. She takes a pregnancy test into one of the dirtiest convenience store bathrooms I've ever seen. She pees on it. She takes it back out to the counter. What's <laughs> prognosis, Fertile Myrtle? Minus or plus. She just casually throws candy on the counter to buy. She's so nonchalant about this. Yeah, not not at all how I would have predicted myself behaving. She's very, very calm, even though she knows she's pregnant. She's taken like... Three of them. Yeah, three tests and they've all been positive. Rain Wilson is on screen for maybe 60 seconds and somehow he's one of the most memorable things about this movie. It's because he's so fucking weird. I know. That little pink plus sign is so unholy. That ain't no Etch-a-Sketch. This is one doodle that can't be undid, Holmes Gillett. Diablo! <laughs> what is that? I don't know what it is, but it makes me laugh. I know! We walk out. I think we're feeling a little... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you ever just feel oh, no and listen to Kimya Dawson? <laughs> yeah, I, I do sometimes. But if I were in this situation, I'd be screaming by this point. You know, we grew up in a part of the country where sexual education was non-existent. And we had lots of friends that got pregnant whose parents didn't really treat them very well. Yeah. And, you know, it was just one of those things where it was like, it's not like I was uh, <clears throat> doing anything that would have ended up in me being pregnant. But... You know, I was always petrified at the thought. I was so ready to watch a story about this. You were 15. I was, yeah. You are about the same age Juno was. Yeah, I sure yeah. was. Mm -hmm. So this was really weird. And, you know, she's so weird and so normal and reminded me so much of my actual teenage self. It was weird. That's why I have such strong feelings about this movie. Let's talk about Juno's room. Oh, I love Juno's room. The little Buddha light switch where it looks like you're flipping his dick up and down. <laughs> I love it. I, lo I love that. She's got posters on every surface. Weird indie art, stickers, glitter. She's a band kid. I like, right? <laughs> like she's a, right? Like she and her friends are in a band, in a garage band. I can smell that room. Yeah. It smells like an uncleaned instrument. She's got weird drawings all over her room, plastered. I love it. 
And let's talk about my favorite accessory in Juno's room. Yes, I knew you would be excited to speak about the hamburger phone. The hamburger phone. (laughs) Guys, I am very proud to also own a hamburger phone. I wish it fucking worked. Yeah, a non-functioning hamburger phone. I so wish it worked. So she picks up the hamburger phone. She's going to make a call. She's calling, uh, she's calling her best friend Leah. Leah has a bunny. I love- Do you yeah. catch it? I almost never catch it. I'm I forget like, she does have a bunny. Yeah. Answers that phone. I'm pregnant. What? Honest blog? Yeah. Yeah, it's bleakers. It's probably just a food baby. Did you have a big lunch? No, this is not a food baby. All right. I've taken like three pregnancy tests and I am for shiz up the spot. Leah is very, I wrote, unlikely bestie. No, I had the exact same thought. They because can... Leah's a cheerleader. Leah's very mainstream. She has more preppy looking boys on her walls. She's Prince Charles on her walls. She just doesn't seem like they would go together, but it's they're like, tight. I love it. And so she's like, well, what are you going to do? Which clinic are you going to go to? That's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably where my mind would go initially, because the first thing you want to not happen is for any adults to find out. Exactly. And if you can take care of this without having to involve any adults, that as a teenager is the ideal situation. Mm-hmm. So she enlists Leah's help in moving an entire living room set in the Privia that Juno is allowed to drive from her house to Bleecker's front lawn. I've never understood this as long as I've seen this. In the middle of the night. It's because Juno's hokey and she wants to make a scene in the morning. (laughs) Here, here's a giant living room set. Also, I'm pregnant. I don't know. Maybe she wanted to be in the chair where it happened when (laughs) she told him. I don't know. (laughs) She is in the chair where it happened when she tells him, but... No one else was in the chair where it happened. No. Chair where no. it happened. No. Chair where it happened. Canceled. <laughs> Guys, Carrie has to step out. <laughs> I'm in timeout. <laughs> so what was it like? Humping Bleak's bony bod. Magnificent. Cause he gets up in the morning and he goes to work at nine. And he comes back home at 5.30, gets the same train every time. So we meet well-respected man about town, Polly Bleeker, who reminds me of McDonald's every time I see him. Why? Red and yellow. <laughs> it's their school colors. The Elks. Yeah. I don't know what her high school is called, but I know they're the Elks. <laughs> and their colors are red and yellow. Polly's a track star. Oh, yeah. Polly's a very awkward track star who is also in a garage band. I mean, it's Michael Sarah, guys. That's, there's your image. Michael Sarah. Polly's thing is track and music and Hot Pockets and Tic Tacs. <laughs> The thing that I notice about Polly watching at this time is he says wizard. Oh, yeah. When he means like cool. Yeah. Groovy. Like I would. He says wicked once. He looks at her. <laughs> he comes out of that house and she is sitting with a pipe that is empty <laughs> in that chair on his front lawn. This awkward conversation absolutely sends me because she's obviously there to tell him that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. right? But she's keeping it cash. She's not sure how to start this conversation. She's saying things like, why wow, your shorts are like especially gold today. Uh, my mom uses color safe bleach. Go Carol. I, I, after that, I wrote, it's every line. It's every it's line. It's every line is quotable. Like, 
I don't get it. And then I wrote, you can navigate this whole film by the dialogue. You can. Yeah. Like, you you quote it. People know exactly at what point in the movie that is. So she's finally out with it. She tells him she's pregnant. And there's really no fireworks. Yeah, he, they're just both terrified yeah, in that moment. I don't think anybody knows what the other one's supposed to say. And he just is like, what do we do? I'm just going to nip it in the bud before it gets worse. They say <laughs> that pregnancy can often lead to an infant. <laughs> And I'm like, what is this conversation? I mean, they're 16. They are. What, how are they supposed to have this conversation? They're children. Like, seriously. And he defers to her. He's like, yeah, fine, whatever whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, wizard. Yeah, wizard. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I had sex with you. I know it wasn't, like, your idea. What, whose idea was it? I'll see you at school, all right? that's that's the beginning of their communication disconnect right there because he obviously was way more into that whole thing than she was he thought he was going to kind of get a relationship out of that I oh think. yeah we will talk more and more about the complexities of bleaker's feelings as we go on <laughs> uh about and we'll talk a little bit about sex versus love oh yeah and how people misconstrue things at school we're getting the sense that the whole sex thing really didn't complicate their friendship we're going to science <laughs> biology i don't know we're doing a chromatology lab I which wrote... i think is really apt why what's chromatology chromosomes oh How osmosis and babies forming oh wow it, yeah they're doing a chromatology lab oh very nice let's talk about uh bleaker and juno's lab partners <laughs> amanda and josh amanda i told you to go to the infirmary and lie down you never listen. No, Josh, because I don't take orders. Not from you and not from any man. No, you've been acting like this ever since I got back from visiting my brother in Mankato. I already told you. Nothing happened. Well, I'm going to set up the uh, apparatus. You know what I wrote about them? I wrote, there is not a single person in this movie who does not look like a, quote, real person. I know. I know, right? No one is Hollywood attractive. Exactly. Not a, except except Jennifer Garner. Like these, Not a single one of them. They all could be Minnesotans. Yeah, they sure could. And I'm just like, that kid, that boy, looks like someone I sat next to in history. Exactly. It's weird. Josh and Amanda, who are together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they are definitely having sex. Yeah, and she... Um, this devolves into an argument about him going away to his brother's college and cheating on her. How long you get off the rag? Fine. Call me when you learn how to love someone instead of cheat at your brother's college just because you had four off ices and a bottle of Snow Peak peach-flavored boo. Good, Amanda. I'll be sure to do that. I'll make a note of it. I think Juno and Bleaker see all that happen and they're like, wow, I'm glad we're not complicating <laughs> our friendship yeah, like that. They're just kind of like, uh, Juno, you want to plug in the Bunsen burner? <laughs> <laughs> and Juno's just like, I, I, I can't look away it's a train wreck we're back in our room <laughs> we're making the call on the hamburger phone to women now <laughs> where they help women now yeah i'm calling to procure a hasty abortion <laughs> like, <laughs> you want to laugh about it <laughs> yeah and it's just the way she delivers this whole thing can you just hold on for a second i'm, I'm on my hamburger phone yeah, okay yeah now i can yeah it's it's just like really awkward to talk on um yeah, yeah, I, I, I need an abortion. She's such a little adult. 
She really is. She's trying to take care of all of this. Yeah, there's something about how calm she is that is weirdly comforting. I think it meant to be that way. Yeah, because, like I was saying earlier. Because like, I'm sure there are girls that watch this movie who either have similar experiences or have had scares. And they can probably benefit from seeing someone cool, calm, and collected about the situation. Yeah, exactly. Because I think one of the biggest things about this film is that it teaches you that Pregnancy is not the end of your life. Oh, absolutely. This is where we get introduced to Juno's family. Mac McGuff, played by J.K. Simmons. Mac McGuff sounds like a television character or something. (laughs) I don't know. Like a beat cop, doesn't it? Mac McGuff. He sounds like a cartoon. (laughs) Should have seen this octopus furnace at work. I had to get on my hazmat suit just to get into the thing. My dad used to be in the army, but now he's just your average HVAC specialist. He and my mom got divorced when I was like five, and she lives on a Havasu reservation in Arizona with her new husband and three replacement kids. And then we get introduced to Bren, who is played by Allison Janney, who is Juno's stepmom. Uh, Bren and Mac have Liberty Bell together, which is, I don't understand. <laughs> Come on, don't do this to your children. Like, you named her Juno and her Liberty Bell? If they have a little boy, I bet they name him Bill. Bill of Rights. Br- <laughs> You need to see yourself out. (laughs) Bren runs a nail salon and constantly smells like methyl methacrylate. It's called Bren's Tens. Is it really? Yes. Oh, God. I'm certain that's a Miami Vice reference. It's great. Juno has not told them about her situation because I think she thinks she can still take care of this without having to tell anyone. Did you by any chance barf in my urn? Oh, God. We get this shot of Juno throwing up this blue slushy into Brenda's urn. Juno, did you by any chance barf in my urn? Mac, you know that nice urn by the front door, the one I got up in Stillwater? Mm-hmm. There was some blue shit, I mean gunk, stuff in there this morning. I would never barf in your urn, Brenda. With a straight face, she lies. And she like, maybe LB did it. <laughs> Blames it on the child. Like- <laughs> So we're walking up to women now. Where they help women now. And we have a classmate of Juno's named Su Chin. And she's standing out in front of the clinic with a sign. And she keeps going, All babies want to get born. All babies want to get born. All babies want to get born. Uh- hey, Su Chin. Oh, hi, Juno. How are you? Chin is the sole protester outside of this abortion exactly. clinic. Exactly. I guess Chin's very pro-life. If you're pro-life, that's your business. Don't stand outside clinics and harass women. Nobody wants to be there. Yeah, exactly. It's just, don't do it. Chin can obviously tell what Juno's coming up to this clinic for. <laughs> yeah. And Juno's just trying to make polite conversation. It's like, <laughs> oh, did you finish that paper? <laughs> so normal and she's like oh i've been having trouble concentrating she's like well i'll sell you some adderall (laughs) which was another thing i guess it was very popular in middle school oh yeah absolutely like i had a friend get expelled not that this is middle school but damn all that being said su chin doesn't really treat her that way like she goes past su chin without incident and so we go into women now where they help women now Let's talk about the receptionist. <laughs> we have before, but please let's again. This is the receptionist's second appearance on uh, Kicking and Streaming. Previously seen on She's the Man. Yes. Yeah. Emily Perkins is her name. She was also in the television production of It. Yes. As young Beverly Marsh. And she's looking very punk. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. All that fucking eyeshadow. She looks like so many people I was friends with. And like, she's playing a Nintendo DS. <laughs> 
she doesn't even look up at Juno from her DS and goes, Welcome to women now where women are trusted friends. Please put your hands where I can see them and surrender any bombs. It's because you had to do that. Because <laughs> people would bomb abortion clinics. Yeah, like stop doing that, please. And so she gives her the paperwork, offers her a condom, and she's like, um, I'm off sex right now. <laughs> My boyfriend uses them every time we have intercourse. They make his junk smell like pie. They make his junk smell like pie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Keep that kind of stuff to yourself. We're like, we're, we're here to facilitate healthcare. <laughs> Not talking about your boyfriend's pie balls. Oh, and so God. she sits down with her paperwork, and for whatever reason, she can just start hearing every fingernail in the room. It's the anxiety of it all. Yeah. You know, this is a hard thing to do. Exactly. And she is there by herself with no support. And categorically, I can't believe there are people in this country that think that there are women out here trying to get abortions, like wanting to get abortions. No one ever wants to get an abortion. And I hate that, you know, it's mostly men (laughs) making these judgments when they can't even possibly understand that kind of decision. And she's hearing every scratch, every tap, and it's just all reverberating in her head with this huge echo. It's awful. All babies want to get born. So we've aborted the abortion, and she shoots out of that clinic like a bullet. Suchin's like, God appreciates your miracle! Oh, God. I do not believe this movie would have been as popular if it was if she did not carry this baby. Definitely not. It would not have. If, if it were that story, it would not have been It would been be a popular. much different story. I feel like the movie would get a lot less cute. And so basically, Juno tells Leah, she's going to keep the baby. I like that this movie does depict her choice because that's what it ultimately is about. Like, that's the beginning and end of it, as opposed to one decision or another. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. She's not forced into anything. And they're toying around with the idea of telling her parents, because, I mean, they're going to have to. She's going to keep the baby. Yeah, but she kind of wants to have a game plan in mind first. Yeah, and she's like, well, maybe they'll just be completely fine with it. She's like, or maybe they'll totally shit. Juno gets the idea that... They're g- that she's going to give this baby up for adoption. You should look at adoption ads. I see them all the time in the Penny Saver. They have ads for parents? Yeah. Desperately seeking spawn. Right next to like terriers and iguanas and used fitness equipment and stuff. It's it's like totally legit. The smile on her face is so wide. So they're in the Penny Saver and Leah's reading through these ads and Juno's just like looking at the ads. She's like, I want a parakeet. <laughs> She's like, Juno, focus. (laughs) Juno's being picky about what kind of parents she wants to give this baby up to. I was thinking graphic designer, mid-30s with a hot rocker Asian girlfriend who rocks out (laughs) on the bass guitar. But I don't want to be too particular. (laughs) (laughs) Then they see a picture of Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman. They were Mark and Vanessa Loring. And they were beautiful even in black and white. I typed out the line copy of their ad. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Quote, educated, successful couple wishes to adopt a child. We live in a suburban area near good schools and playgrounds. The child will be raised in a loving atmosphere full of laughter, learning, and teddy bears. Please call Mark and Vanessa. <laughs> oh, Christ. Teddy, it's the teddy Did bears. Did you pause it to read it? Yes, I, I, I am constantly pausing things to read them. Are you kidding me? Oh, my me? goodness. Uh, so she sits Bren and Mac down to tell them that she is pregnant. I, this is when I wrote, this is so adult. 
I know. She is handling this like a boss. I remember my 15-year-old self being on the edge of my seat. Uh I was so obsessed with figuring out how this was going to go. Exactly. I had no idea how they were going to react. I'm pregnant. Oh, God. I'm going to give it up for adoption. And I already found the perfect couple. They're going to pay for the medical expenses and everything. And and, what, 30-year-odd weeks, we can just pretend that this never happened. You're pregnant? I love how Mac cannot process. She's already talking strategy and he can't get past. You're pregnant? Yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. She's just like, I'm sorry. (sighs) I know. And I have a question. Tell me. How does heartburn radiate one's kneecaps? Oh, when you're pregnant? Your body begins to do all kinds of weird stuff it never did before when you're pregnant. How do you get heartburn in your kneecaps? I don't know. We're going to have to phone a friend who's been pregnant. I've never been pregnant, but I have heard horror stories about the weird stuff your body just suddenly starts doing. And Bren is just like, have you considered the alternative? And she's like, no. And I love how Bren's like weirdly respectful of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, well, you're a little Viking. (sighs) First things first. All right, we have to get you healthy. You need prenatal vitamins. Do you know I'm coming with you to meet this adoption couple? You're just a kid, and I want you to get ripped off by a couple of baby-starved wingnuts. All things considered, this goes pretty well. Yeah, this goes way better than I anyone could ever have expected it to. It goes way better than I could have ever conceived when I was that age. And you know, Dad's got to say something stern. Well, well, yeah. Well, I thought you were the kind of girl who knew when to say when. I don't really know what kind of girl I am. That resonated with me so hard. We've arrived at the scene where Mac takes Juno to meet Mark, Vanessa, and their lawyer, right? Yeah, in Glacial Valley in St. Cloud. Ross, please tell me about the house where Mark and Vanessa live. I love this shot of the shots of them driving by all these houses in this nice-ass neighborhood. Mark and Vanessa have the biggest house. In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. And I'm just like, what y'all doing? Mark is a composer. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm now, I don't remember what Vanessa does. I think she goes shopping with her friends. <laughs> no, there's another thing she does. I forget exactly what her she, occupation is. And as a matter of fact, I can't tell you that it's ever specified. She does something that requires her to wear a pantsuit. I don't know. She's wearing a pantsuit in that scene where she brings baby stuff home. She's anyway. obviously making the money. So This house is huge. It is huge. The baby's going to have plenty of room. Beautiful, adorable Vanessa. Jennifer Garner opens the door. I'm Vanessa. You must be Juno, Mr. McGuffin. Hi. Vanessa, it's uh, Vanessa, right? Is that? Thanks for having me and my irresponsible child over to your house. Oh no, thank you, thank you. Come on. Vanessa is so genuine. She has all of her ducks in a row. She is very nose to the grindstone, no nonsense. But she's also very sweet. And she's wanted to be a mom for a really long time. She's one of my favorite characters in the movie. I've never seen anyone so ready to be a mom I know. in my life. It's- I don't, yeah, I don't know like, what it is about Jason Bateman and his superpower to play these straight men, but this is like his straightest of straight men as far as I'm concerned. Juno, like the city in Alaska. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's that arrested development timing right there. So this meeting with the lawyer is pretty awkward. Like, it goes well, but we're learning just how disconnected Juno is from what exactly is going on Mm -hmm. here. She's a teenage kid, so yeah, she's not really able to appreciate the emotions here. My girlfriends tell me that the first couple of months are the hardest. 
I didn't notice it at all, actually. Uh, I'm more concerned about when they have to put that, like, elastic band, you know, in the front of my jeans. I think pregnancy's beautiful. <laughs> well, you're lucky it's not you. Ooh. Like, that's a boneheaded thing to say. Exactly. You know, you know, but she's a kid. She doesn't appreciate the fact that, you know, the reason they're probably in this situation is because they can't conceive a child on their own. And whatever the story is there... <laughs> It can be sad. Here's the thing. I don't believe Jason Bateman and Jennifer Garner. I don't believe them from the get-go well, that yeah. they're in a happy relationship. We learn the baby's not due till May 4th. and Happy birthday to you. And they dis- they, they're they discussing the options of doing an open adoption versus a closed adoption. Can't we just, like, kick this old school? You know, like, I, I stick the baby in a basket, send it your way, like Moses and the Reeds. <laughs> Technically, that would be kicking it Old Testament. Well, then... We all agree. A traditional closed adoption would be best for all involved. Shit. Yes. Just close her on up. Shit. Yes. <laughs> close her on up. And so Gerda's like, okay, closed adoption it is. See, her emotions are very severed. She is not even um, willing to entertain the idea. And so Juno literally goes, um, what about you, Mark? Ready to be a dad? And he's just like, oh, you betcha. It's a soft betcha. <laughs> oh, it's a real, it's a lukewarm soft betcha. Yeah. He is not, he is so not into this the way she is. Juno excuses herself to use the pisser. And, you know, Mark comes up to check on her. Juno can't help but notice the Les Paul guitar sitting in a room across the hall. So we have this moment where Mark and Juno begin to start bonding over music. So, so when was that? Was that like? 93. Best time for rock and roll. Nuh-uh. 77, are you... What? Punk volume number one. You're crazy. Dude, you weren't there. You couldn't understand the magic. M- you weren't even alive. This is the beginning of Mark really not being invested at all in this process. Exactly. There's a lawyer that's on hourly retainer downstairs, <laughs> but we're going to do a jam sesh instead. And so they wrap everything up. Hugs are said. Goodbyes are said. And they go on their merry way. And I just, I love how happy Vanessa is when they walk out the door. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks this is really going to happen. And Mark's just like, <laughs> mortal dread. <laughs> I'm sticking with you. Winter. Cause I'm made out of clothes. So we're out on the track. In winter. I'd like to talk about someone. Tell me. I'd like to talk about VJ. Is that his name? VJ's fucking weird. <laughs> VJ runs up alongside Polly. Did you hear? Gina McGuff's pregnant. Yeah. Like our moms and teachers. Yeah. Did you hear it's yours? Yep. What a trip, Mom. And then his next line is, you should grow a mustache. <laughs> Why? What did that have to do with anything? Because he's a man now? I guess. I don't know. Maybe because he's going to be a dad? I don't know. <laughs> All I think about is Michael Sarah with a mustache and youth and revolt. Yeah, I can't. Oh, God. Uh, he should stay bare-lipped. Vija's just like, well, I'm going to stop wearing underpants, increase my sperm count, see ya, and then runs ahead. And I'm like, what was that whole exchange? Is that how you teenage boys is, related to each other? I like, you have all these complex conversations between Leah and Juno, and boys <laughs> just handle things differently, I they, guess. They sure do. They talk out things differently. We go to the ultrasound. Right. Juno's at least six months pregnant, so it's about time for that. Exactly. I call this Bren versus Tech. Bren and Leah are sitting there, and the Tech is giving lots of side-eye during the exam, Like, when Juno announces she's going to give the baby up for adoption, she has this very judgmental response. Are Mark and Vanessa your friends at school? No, no, no. They're the adoptive parents. 
Oh, well, thank goodness for that. What's that supposed to mean? I just see a lot of teenage mothers come through here. It's obviously a poisonous environment to raise a baby in. And like both Leah and Bren are like, now hold the hell on, queen. Yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't know anything about them. And Bren lets her have it. God, I love her. What is your job title exactly? I'm an ultrasound technician, ma'am. Well, I'm a nail technician and I think we both ought to stick to what we know. Excuse me? You think you're so special because you get to play picture pages up there? My five-year-old daughter could do that. And let me tell you, she's not the brightest bulb in the tanning bed. So why don't you go back to night school in Mantino and learn a real trade? <laughs> Bren, use a dick. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Juno decides it would be a great idea to drive out to Mark and Vanessa's in the middle of the day to give them this sonogram. I'm not with the whole Juno-Mark hangout. Oh, no. Yeah, no. It makes me uncomfortable. Like, the dynamic that they strike in their relationship is just, I'm not, they're too friendly. Yeah, because she's relating to him like she's relating to another teenager. Exactly, because he's acting like a teenager. Exactly. They talk about music. They talk about things like music and movies. Apparently, they're both really into gore. Yeah. <laughs> like, she goes over to the house and Mark is the only one there. And I love how she holds that sonogram up and is like, Behold, good sir, your future child. Hey, look at that. You can just see his stomach drop out of his body. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's real. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's like, hey, look at that. <laughs> they start, you know, talking about the m m CDs they're listening to and the music and everything. And somehow we get on the conversation about who the master of horror is. Mm -hmm. And like, by the way, this movie that they watch. Wizard it, of Gore. Yeah, it's real. I found it online. You didn't watch it, did you? I skipped through it, jumped around. It is gross. Like, Mark's not kidding. Buckets of blood out the yin-yang. Vanessa comes home and Mark's like, mm, better put away all the fun stuff. She'll get mad. Oh, yeah. Mark is anxious about Juno being there. Guys, his affection for her is not innocent. No. The way he springs into action when Vanessa comes home. There's Vanessa. You'd better go. What? Why? She hates when I sit around and I watch movies and I don't contribute. <laughs> no, I'll handle this. I'm really good at diffusing mum type rage. No, no, Juno. Hey, Mark, hey, seriously. Where are you? I got some. Hey, Dad, Vanessa. Juno, what's going on? Oh, nothing. What are you doing here? What's wrong? I just I went to the doctor today. You know, Juno leaves without incident, but like, there's all this weird tension between Mark and Vanessa. Like, they totally had a fight after she left. Exactly. I absolutely know she. they did. Like, I don't know about what exactly, but it's just there. Juno gets home and Bren is just sitting there, I don't know, knitting a picture of dogs Bren or something. Bren has a, also a talent with textiles. She's <laughs> She, she can be seen tailoring many times throughout the film. And she's like obsessed with dogs, so it's like a picture of a dog or something. Bren starts interrogating her and she's hearing the details of her afternoon how she and Mark watched the movie alone at home together. And like any good parent, she's like, you can't just do that. Yeah, that's not necessarily above board. Yeah, she's like, there are boundaries. Now, you're acting like you're the one who has to go through this. Like, like you're the one who has to get huge and shove a baby out of your vag for someone else. And what does it even matter if he's married? I can have friends that are married. It doesn't work that way, kiddo. You don't know squat about the dynamics of marriage. You don't know anything about me. I know enough. 
this proves my point. She thinks she's relating to Mark like a friend. Yeah. She doesn't think there's anything improper about their relationship whatsoever. And I just love, Ross loves how this fight ends. It ends with them yelling at each other. Because like, no, Brent finally just looks at her and is like, you don't know shit about, you know, the real world. And she's like, we don't even have a dog. Wait, yeah, we don't have a dog because you're allergic to their saliva. I have sacrificed a lot for you, Juno. And in a couple of years when you move out, I'm going to get Weimar honors. Whoa, dream big. Oh, go fly a kite. That should be our production tagline. I want that to be our production tagline. Whoa, dream big. Juno pieces back out and goes over to Bleaker's house. His hobbit mother answers the door. Bleaker's mom does not like her. No, not at all. And if she knew... Oh, yeah. What was going on? Oh, I bet there'd be hell. She does not know that Juno is carrying her grandchild. And she still does not like her because she's just weird and different. And I'm like, lady, shut up. She shuts herself in Bleaker's room. (laughs) Bleaker's room makes me want to barf. He is a 16-year-old kid who is still sleeping in a race car bed. Mm -hmm. I can't stand it. And she's telling him about the adoption. And even though they're not in a relationship, they still kind of talk like they are. Yeah. Are you still going to think I'm cute when I'm huge? I, I always think you're cute. I think you're beautiful. Jeez, Bleak. <laughs> I do. This, this sequence just feels like so sad to me. Yeah. Because like, he obviously has stronger feelings for her. And he says to her, you know, we should get the band back together. She's like, yeah, that'd be great. And he's like, you know, we could get back together too. And that's when we're like, oh. And I'm like, see, this is why teenagers should not have sexual intercourse. Yeah, they're just, they're not mature enough to deal with it. our young brains relate sex and love very closely. And they're not the same. They really are not. And that's what leads to hurt feelings and, you know, worse things, frankly. sometimes people just can't get over the difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they they never mature past that point and they can never learn to separate the two. Monogamy, man. It's a plague. (laughs) The next thing I have in my notes is custard versus cheesecake. Vanessa is trying out these swatches for the nursery and she's like, I have custard cheesecake. And Mark's just like, they're yellow. (laughs) And they are. They are both yellow. They are very, very close. They're almost indistinguishable. I love how she's obviously stolen that Alice in Chains t-shirt to paint in. You know who we need in this room? Who? Miranda Priestley. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She would tell you the difference between custard and cheesecake. (laughs) And how they play with the light and how they're historically significant in the history of fashion. And Mark's like, this is ridiculous. You don't need to be painting right now. And she's like, what to expect says that readying the baby's room is an important process for the woman, especially if you're adopting. It's called nesting. Nesting? Yeah. What, are you going to build a crib out of sticks and spit? Vanessa is obviously in this headspace. She's there and Mark is not. Yeah. He's detached from this whole process. I just hate him. She's like, I flagged the daddy chapters for you. Will you please read the daddy chapters? Uh Like, Mark, could you give a fuck for five seconds? Exactly. We're in the mall. (laughs) Juno and Leah are in the mall. We're in the mall eating. (laughs) I can't wait to pig out when I'm pregnant. (laughs) Just eat salted pretzels whenever I want. Juno and Leah spy Vanessa with her girlfriends in the mall. 
Leah and Juno look over the rail and they can see Vanessa playing with her girlfriend's kids. Oh, yeah. And like how natural she is with them. She's just great. And it just puts a big grin on Juno's face. I bet she loves seeing that. Exactly. Seeing what a good mom this baby's going to get. And so they catch up with them and they're introducing each other. And obviously we can see that Juno's gotten bigger. And Vanessa's like, Could I, could I feel it? Are you kidding? God, at school, everyone's just like grabbing my belly all the time. It's crazy. But yeah, I'm a legend, you know? They call me the cautionary whale. <laughs> this is a PSA. Don't touch pregnant women without an invitation. Yeah. Our bodies do not become public property the minute tenants set up shop in our uteruses. Like, I'm going to get chainmail spikes for my baby bump. I'm just saying. <laughs> Vanessa is on her knees trying to communicate with baby bump. And it's not kicking or anything. Yeah. And she's like, well, you could try talking to it. I hear that helps. <laughs> and so Vanessa very awkwardly gets on her knees and begins to speak to the baby. Conversate. Hi, baby. (laughs) I'm not going to conversate with you. I think it's converse. Huh? Just say talk. And the baby finally does kick for Vanessa. And just the way her face lights up. Oh, it's pure. I just love it. Spring. And out with me, my private, and we'll sail around the world. I will be off at the We're in the spring now. Juno is eight months pregnant. I love the shots of Bren doing up the clothes so that her stomach will fit into them. Putting the elastic waistband in. She and Leah are... We get big old lunches, aren't we? Yeah, she and Leah are at lunch and Juno is getting something from every country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We've got tacos. We've got Chinese food. (laughs) We've got... Spaghetti. The tray is overflowing. <laughs> They're just like eating in the hallway. Like, there's we st- were never allowed to do this in my high school. You could not take food outside the cafeteria. They're not just sitting in a hallway. They're inside a trophy case. Yeah, they're sitting in a trophy case eating these enormous lunches. This is where Leah tells Juno that Bleeker is going to take Katrina Devort to prom. Juno is a little more put off by this than I think we should be. She's annoyed. Yeah. Please. There is no way that they're having sex. I mean, they wouldn't even be holding hands. I wouldn't be so sure he did it with you. Yeah, because we trust me, you know, and we're best friends. Are you jealous? I thought you said you didn't care what he did. Not jealous. Don't care. Even though she suggested he go out with Katrina DeVort in the first place? What about Katrina DeVort? You could totally go out with Katrina DeVort. And he's like, I don't like Katrina. She smells like soup. <laughs> soup. Like, I, I'm I, I'm flashing back to high school. <laughs> this is so stupid. Then she, we have the locker encounter. She goes right up to Bleeker and she's like, oh, you're taking Katrina DeVort to prom? No, she's completely serious about it. She's like, your mom must be thrilled you're not taking me. And I'm just like, you know. He doesn't get why she's mad. Yeah. Yeah, what, you, you just take soupy sails to prom. I can think of so many cooler things to do that night. Like, you know what, Bleak? I might pumice my feet, uh, might go to Bren's dumb Unitarian church, maybe get hit by a truck full of hot garbage juice, you know, because all those things would be exponentially cooler than going to prom with you. I mean, I'm kind of not on Polly's side with this. And he's like, I should be mad at you. Oh, I'm like, you, you, you impregnated her. <laughs> yeah. Like, she can't just impregnate herself. It takes two to tango. I wrote, oh, so we shouldn't teach boys not to sex? Exactly. It takes two to tango, but the person with the uterus is the one who ultimately pays the price. Exactly. Because what does she say? What, are you, are you ashamed that we did it? No. Because at least 
You don't have to have the evidence under your sweater. I'm a planet. So Juno's in the car and off to St. Cloud again. It, it's really not a good thing that when she fights with her not boyfriend, that her first instinct is to fly into Mark's waiting arms. Mark takes her upstairs and gives her this Japanese comic book about a pregnant superhero. Most fruitful Yuki. <laughs> this is where I put down in my notes, God damn it, Japan, you're really hard to defend sometimes. Is this a pregnant superhero? Is that great? I found it in Japan when I was there with my band. It reminds me of you. Hells yeah. yeah. This actually makes me feel way less of a fat dork. Well... Yuki is a real badass, and oh. you should be very proud to be in the same condition. Remember how special it was when people made you mix CDs? I was always the one making the mix CDs. <laughs> okay, fine. No one ever made me mixes. I made you mixes? How very dare you? Well, actually, people did make me some mixes. Harrison made me some, Kayla made me some. Yeah, it's a platonic intimacy that we enjoy as adolescents, right? So that's what literally this is for her. And, you know, they, he's a grown man. He's talking about listening to music at his senior prom and a five, six, seven, eight, they're slow dancing. Sir, get your hands off the underage girl. This is quite obviously inappropriate. Like, I just, I don't And he's, he like puts his head on her head and they're just like dancing around. And he takes this moment to say, I'm leaving Vanessa. Thought she'd be cool with this. Cool. I, I want things to be perfect. I don't want them to be shitty and broken like everyone else's family. Look, I'll have the baby, and Vanessa's gonna be so happy. You just... Baby's not gonna fix everything. Besides, I don't, I don't know if I'm even ready to be a father. But you're old. <laughs> She's a kid. Yeah. What the hell is he thinking? He's His head is not in a mature place. Is he thinking that, he, that, is he thinking that they can just kick it after she gives birth? He leaves Vanessa and they can still have a friendship? Why is he telling her this? Yeah. And I, she literally <laughs> begs him. Do not divorce your wife i hate him he looks at her and he goes how do you think of me you know why are you over here oh god and she's like i love her answer i i just like being a piece of furniture in your weird life she runs into the kitchen guess who's home vanessa juno is upset and because <laughs> vanessa is smart she demands to know what the hell went on here yeah no one will cop to what's actually going on, but Mark does come out and say something to the effect of he doesn't think that he's ready for this. Yeah, he's like, like, we put the ad in and two weeks later she was on the couch and it just went very, very fast. And Vanessa's response is the best. Vanessa gets real honest with Mark. There's just some things that I still want to do. Like what? Be a rock star? Don't mock me. I'm just saying that this is... This is something that's never going to happen. Grow up. If I have to wait for you to become Kurt Cobain, I'm never going to be a mother. Get a doctor for that burn! Vanessa, thank you for being real with him. Yeah. And she's like, you know... I wish she'd been louder sooner. She's like, grow up. Juno storms out. She speeds away. Sometimes you just have to pull your Privia over and have a cry. Yeah. Like, she just pulls off on the side of the highway, and she is absolutely sobbing. She's just holding her belly bump. She's crying, and she's like, I don't want to bring this child in with nowhere to go. I want to give her a hug so bad. She is effectively all by herself. Mm -hmm. You know, she is basically emotionally by herself. So, back to the house. Mark comes down the stairs and basically tells Vanessa that Gerda Rouse <laughs> can represent both of them in their divorce. Have you found a place to stay yet? Yeah, downtown. 
Hotel? No, it's not a hotel. It's a loft. Well, aren't you the cool guy? <laughs> I don't understand how she can be so calm at this point. He's such a schlub. There's a knock at the door. Mark goes to answer it. You can see Juno's Privia speeding away. She's left a note on the porch. Mm -hmm. But they don't tell us what it says. Juno has written something on the back of a Jiffy Lube bill. <laughs> and of course, we don't get to read what it says. She goes home. And I love that little moment where she takes the flower and she rubs it on her belly bump. I love this line. And she says, I never realized how much I like being home unless I've been somewhere really different for a while. That has lived with me. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that 100%. Uh, <laughs> she tells her dad, I'm dealing with things way beyond my maturity level. I love this little scene with her dad. Yeah. He's like, sit down. Let's talk about it. He's like, what's going on, Junebug? And she's like, just losing my faith in humanity. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Big mood. Big mood. <laughs> Biggest mood, Juno. She's so jaded, the poor little thing. She just needs to know if it's possible to fall in love with somebody and stay with them forever. Yeah. She's like, I just need to know that two people can make it. He's like, it's not easy to stay happy. But this is what stays with me. In my opinion, the best thing you can do is find a person who loves you for exactly what you are. Good mood, bad mood, ugly, pretty, handsome, what have you. The right person's still going to think the sun shines out your ass. Yeah. Yeah. That, that has also lived with me. I've That's followed me relationship to relationship. Juno buys I don't know how many packs <laughs> of orange Tic Tacs, which is Bleaker's only vice. <laughs> he loves orange Tic Tacs. And so does Ross, frankly. Yes, I do. <laughs> they are like crack cocaine for you. And I loved them even before this movie. She puts all of them in his mailbox. <laughs> so he goes out to run to the next day. There's chalk on his stoop that says Bleaker, check the mail. He opens that mailbox and they just come falling out in a cascade. It's so great. So we're on the track field. Leah's in cheerleading practice. Juno is walking away from <laughs> cheerleading practice. Waddling up to Bleaker. You know, Juno's basically just like, hey, I'm sorry that I was such a huge bitch. <laughs> you didn't deserve it. I think I'm in love with you. Can you mean as friends? No. I mean, for real. Because you're like the coolest person I've ever met. And, and you don't even have to try, you know? I try really hard, actually. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, oh, God. It's all so pure. I can't handle it. This weird little nerdy love. And they start kissing and, like, I'm doing this thing where I'm going, oh, but I'm also going, <laughs> yay. Like, Can we make out now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wizard. <laughs> Wizard. I just, I love when she looks at him and she's like, golden man <laughs> stay golden pony boy Lee is <laughs> <laughs> yelling from the sidelines hey you know you can go into early labor sucking face like that we're not lovers cut to juno running a toy car over her belly bump oh yeah because the movie's not over we still have to give birth juno feels her water break <laughs> i love this bit so much dad what dad either i just peed my pants or i'm or Thundercats are go! Pull out, pull out! 
when Casey went into labor with Rowan, that's exactly what I texted her. Yeah. When they're taking Juno to the hospital, Bren is so excited. It's adorable. She almost forgets Liberty Bell. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she almost forgets her own Matt child. Matt like, Liberty Bell. Oh, Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a baby. We're going to have a baby. She's walking around in pain. <laughs> I love this. Ow, ow, fuckity ow. She's like, <laughs> we're gonna get the damn spinal tap already. I just love it. She's like, can we get my kid the damn spinal tap, please? And yes, then we get all these shots of her delivering the baby with the Moldy Peaches song. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love this part. Fuck I'll kiss you. you on the brain in the shadow of the train. I'll kiss you all star. And then, my body swinging from side to out side. of nowhere, there it was. Else. There he was. But here is the church and here is the steeple. She has a boy. The only thing I can think of is that baby's too big and has too much hair. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's obviously not a newborn. <laughs> when the baby actors are first born, they are taken directly from their mother and placed in the spotlight. And you know, she's like, I didn't tell Bleeker. He figures it out anyway. She didn't want to tell him because he had a big match against a rival in track. And he wins and he breaks a state record. And and he's not even phased. He's not even phased because he's like, you know what? I think today's the day. And he runs all the way to the hospital. I just love him. He runs in the room and she's just like, huh. Nice legs. <laughs> and he gets in bed with her and spoons her. Oh, it's so sweet. Come with me, my love. Oh, this part gets me. I know. It, I... Because it's spliced between her and Bleeker crying in bed. And then we see Vanessa staring through the nursery room glass. We're meeting the baby for the first time. Oh, my God. I could cry over here right now. The nurse is like, would you like to meet your son? And Vanessa's like, I have a son. I have a son. And she walks in there and she's holding the baby. Juno says this really great thing in voiceover. Bleaker decided he didn't want to see the baby. Neither did I, really. And he didn't feel like ours. I think he was always hers. Yeah. And, oh, God. And we see Vanessa in the nursery with the baby. She's in a rocking chair. Yeah. And she's, yeah, when Juno's like, it ended with a chair. I love it. Yeah. Nice book ending. And on the wall in a picture frame is that Jiffy Lube bill. Yeah. And it says on the back, Vanessa, if you're still in, I'm still in. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Because that's where she was going to put their first family photo. And now I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad that Juno's happy. I am too. I'm glad she's happy with how this all worked out. She made her choice. She did what was right for her. And it did work out in the end. Even though it really looked like it wasn't gonna there for a second. Summer. I took the Polaroid down in my room. I'm pretty sure you have a new girlfriend. Oh yeah, now we're in the epilogue. Yeah. Juno and Bleeker are a couple. Yeah. They got their band back together. Bren has a dog. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and she rides her bike with her guitar over to uh, Bleeker's house. She says this really adorable thing about Bleeker. He is the cheese to my macaroni. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that, Juno. And he's like, and she's like, I know people are supposed to fall in love before they reproduce. <laughs> 
but normalcy isn't really our thing. Yeah. yeah. And we go out with the pair of them playing anyone but you on the guitar. Right, like badly. Oh yeah, very badly. They cannot <laughs> sing. Bless their heart. You're a part-time lover and a full-time friend. The monkey on your back is the latest trend. Don't see what anyone can see in anyone else. But a church and here is steeple We sure are cute for two ugly people Don't see what anyone can see Anyone well, don't say it like you're happy it's over. <laughs> we don't get to cover this again. You're right. Maybe we will. Who knows? So tell me what your favorite thing is about this movie. I mean, I'm just glad that it is kind of... This movie is almost like a safe space. Really? I think. I think it's a safe space for teenagers who can see this play out the way that it does. Yeah, everything works out, but in these types of real life situations, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. But people get thrown out, disowned. And you know, this movie is seen as being very pro-life. Yeah. And I just want to say unequivocally that the movie is not at all advocating for the pro-life stance. I think it, I think the stance that it takes, which is also my stance, is that it's choice. Yeah, exactly. It's about what the woman wants to do. Exactly. She considered that option and she ultimately made the choice to not go through with it. And I respect that. And I think it shows that young people don't always crumble when presented with challenges. Oh no, yeah, the, like, these kids are so strong. Like, the, Juno handled this completely like an adult. She did. She didn't get emotional, she didn't get flighty. She tried to make a plan. Yeah, it, it's a testament to how pregnancy does not have to end your life, even if you do decide to have the child. But that's a woman's choice to come to her own peace with that. Yeah. You know, like... This movie, for me, was, like you said, a big sigh of relief. You know, th there was all this anxiety caught up in the possibility of becoming pregnant when I was young. This movie just kind of made me feel differently about it entirely. And one of the most important things I took from it was, if I do get in that situation, that I should tell my parents. There's something about the way Mac and Bren react to her totally smacks of Ted and Julie for me. Like, they'd just be like, mm, this was not responsible. No. But we're gonna support you no matter what. That's what I would expect. And in addition to making me feel better about things, all this dialogue, it just, the way everything is written, it makes me want to write stuff like it. Exactly. I just, it's such great stuff. I think this is just a really, really good piece of writing. And it's something that we're gonna be talking about for years down the line. And I, I, I will quote this movie until the day I die. We're gonna go outside and quote it right now, I bet. Exactly. It's back and forth to each other. Oh boy, keeping on motherly feet. Mother's Day was last weekend, guys. I hope you called your mother. Yes. <laughs> Please. I'm probably going to call our mother when we're done with this. Yeah. Like, I hope you guys had a good Mother's Day Sunday. I know that COVID's probably making it really hard, but if you didn't get to see your mom yesterday, we hope you called her. And if you didn't call her yesterday, call her right now. <laughs> okay? If you're tight with your mom, call her. 
Call your mother. If for those of you who Mother's Day is not a good day, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I wish you had reason to have a good day on Mother's Day. But if you don't, we'll, we'll adopt you. Yes. We'll, we'll adopt you right now. I have years of motherhood ahead of me. I, don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I need to be the best mom. <laughs> you sure are. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And my wife is going to be an amazing father. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell them what we're doing next, man. Keeping with our motherly theme here in the month of May, we were going to do Stepmom, but we recently screened Stepmom, and we realized how sad that movie actually is. Yeah, when you think about it, you think about, you know, you think about Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Yeah, and you and think about the fun the fun bits of that movie when yeah. you don't realize that a majority, a majority of it is pretty much hellish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're remembering Susan Sarandon smoking a joint. Yeah. <laughs> Not the fact that she has cancer. Exactly. So we decided to ex-nay on Stepmom in favor of something a little bit more lighthearted. You know, Carrie Ann cracked the code with this one. Freaky Friday. I can't believe I didn't think of that sooner. I know. Like, Freaky Friday was one of those movies that when we first got the computer, uh -huh. when we first got a computer for our house that we had the DVD for, mm -hmm. and I remember that was one of the first movies I ever watched on a computer. Whoa! Was Freaky Friday? Was that 2003? Yeah. Holy moly! Yeah. We're gonna do our first Jamie Lee Curtis film. Guys, love Jamie Lee Curtis. And guys, we're going to have many conversations on this show about Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah. I like Lindsay Lohan. I also like Lindsay Lohan. She's having some Amanda Bynes type problems. That poor kid. So be on the lookout for that, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. And you can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. Please make sure you're going to leave us reviews on our platforms. We love you. We're glad you're here with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for being loyal fans through all of this craziness. Our job will have been done if we could have made any quarantine listeners happy. So I, I agree with if that. If we could have kept you entertained for about 90 minutes, we've done our job. So <laughs> we love you. Be safe. Stay healthy. Stay clean. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, love, love you, Mom. Mom. Got the news, got the news, got the news.